Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch third, coming to you live from the Palatial Studios of Bald Spot Productions here in the beautiful city of Irvine, California. Joining me from a more than acceptable safe social distance are my guests for this evening. First, uh, from uh, the West Coast, we have Dorothy Husson. Uh, how you doing, Dorothy? Good. Glad to be here. Thanks. And coming in from the East Coast are the Nouns, Dr. Jeep and Vanessa. How you doing? We're good. Great. Great. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Uh, just, uh, just a reminder, this is a mini round table, so we'll discuss whatever happens to come up and, uh, and hopefully, uh, we'll get, uh, some stuff that people will find useful and beneficial and all of that good, uh, good kind of stuff. And maybe a little bit of fun along the way. So, um, so let's see. So, uh, Dr. Dr. Jeep and Vanessa. Okay. First, I got to find out how'd you get Dr. Jeep? Well, I, I, I tell a couple of stories. The, the first story I tell is, is where I was conceived. <laughs> okay. For uh, George Phillips. Oh, okay. And, and I know that's kind of boring, but um, the first story is a little bit more interesting. Um, it, it, my, my, they were going to call me GP, and my aunt, uh, shortly after I was born, didn't like the idea of me being called by initials, so she just put two E's in the middle, and it kind of stuck. Okay. Well, sounds kind of like the uh, the story of uh, of how the Jeep got its name, which was for uh, general purpose vehicle. Um, so, uh, so not uh, not a bad thing all in all. No, not too bad. I, I've I've driven some jeeps in my time, and I've really liked them. And I just wanted to say he's a general all-purpose vehicle, <laughs> jokingly. Well, a general practitioner falls in there. Uh, falls in there too. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, okay, so explain to the audience what it is you do. You two do. Well, we're we're marriage coaches. We've been marriage coaches for 28 years, um, but have over the last three to four years, we've um, specialized with healthcare professionals. And uh, the big reason being that due to the ever evolving, stressful, um, increased responsibility, uh, lack of control healthcare space that uh, is our society is it's ravaged a lot of um, our colleagues relationships and so for that reason we've uh, we've specialized in that and there's just been a an overwhelming need for it plus you throw a pandemic in there and kind of shakes things up a yeah, bit yeah that that has uh, shaken quite a bit up that's for sure. I, I know it's uh, it's affected the way I do uh, I do business. Um, my uh, my day job is as a, uh, a leadership development coach, or one of my day jobs anyway, because I can't do just one thing at a time. 
um, is uh, as a uh, leadership development coach. And uh, um, it's actually benefited me both uh, by doing the podcasts because uh, it's made it more acceptable to people to, uh, to do this whole kind of uh, internet thing. And, uh, and then also on, uh, on the day job because uh, people are willing to, uh, to pay attention to you over, uh, over, the, over the internet, over the, the computer. It's, uh, it's been kind of great. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, how about you, Dorothy? How's uh, how, what what exactly is it you do, and uh, and how has uh, how has the pandemic affected you? I am a. Also an author, so I wrote a book about healing journey, and I'm second grade. And uh, the pandemic, um, it's just being plans face to face, and I switched in, so I can do my classes now. And um, it hasn't really affected my. Wow, I lost uh, your audio quite a bit uh, there. Oh. Sorry, you, you, you broke up a little bit. Yeah, I can hear you now. You want me to repeat yes, what please. I said? If you may, if you can. Okay, so I am a therapist. Right. And I specialize in helping. Trauma. Okay, trauma. And use mind-body techniques. Trauma, okay. yes. Trauma. And I use mind-body techniques rather than... The best way to just understand mind-body techniques is that it's not talk therapy. It's not cognitive behavioral therapy. It's okay. um, It's considered somatic therapy. Familiar mm -hmm. yes. so with that. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So that's what I do, and um, I've been through the whole healing process myself. My therapist, which was long ago, I was licensed in 2015. I became a licensed therapist, and um, I started to train as um to help people with trauma because I had trauma that I needed healing. And so as I started to learn more and more about how to how trauma is healed, and I, I started to heal myself. And so that's how um that's how my therapy now is is um helping people through the same process that I went through. Okay. That's really uh that's really interesting. Um you know, uh, definitely uh, great uh, that you can help uh, people through what uh, through things that you've been through, and so uh, so they can benefit from uh, from your pain. Yeah, and the great thing about mind body therapy is you don't have 
it's very difficult to talk about trauma. I couldn't even talk about it myself. So you, um, you can heal without talking about it. Okay. Oh. And uh, how might that, uh, how might that work for, uh, for someone then? Uh, um, I, I'm having trouble uh, envisioning it. Well, I just start um, teaching my clients first about um, breathing, how um, breathing connects you to your body and how um, trauma disconnects you from your body. Okay. And so um, to reconnect you to your body, um, I teach people how to breathe and how to meditate, how to go inward. Mm -hmm. So how to go into their inner world. Like we all have an inner world where we go inward and, um, and that's how, how we start. And so I just start with the real basics, uh, teaching about how, um, the goal is to, is to create a feeling of safety within your own body because trauma trauma you know when you get scared and you're a kid mm -hmm. you you can't fight because you're you've heard of fight fight and freeze right. probably yeah so but when you're little you can't fight you're too little and you can't run away you're too small so what you do as a as a kid is you freeze or dissociate mm -hmm. or you you go out of your body so that's um so the repair process is to bring you back, back into your body where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable. Okay. So that's, did that, did, yeah. does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, it does. It does. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, I, I myself went through, uh, went through a traumatic injury. Uh, it's been since the 1990s, so we're talking 30 years ago now and uh uh where i was in an industrial fire and uh um, oh yeah it was not uh it was not pleasant i i don't recommend it <clears throat> and uh, not having uh, mind body therapy available for me um i had to uh to learn how to talk it out and uh that was very difficult to uh to do so uh, i could definitely see how that would make uh would make life easier um, Dr. Jeep and, uh, and Vanessa, how, how about you guys? How do you, uh, how do you approach your clients' needs? Well, you know what? It's so interesting, um, because my practice with sex coaching, cause that's one third of, of what we do in our program is somatic based. And so, you know, we live in our heads so much, um, you know, when we're talking and we're thinking and we're going through life, are we really paying attention to a feeling that we have, for, for example, in our arm or feeling, feeling that we have in our chest? Or if we become afraid of something um, or a foreboding, you're probably not going, unless you practice this, know where in your body you're feeling that foreboding unless you become mindful to it. 
And so, for example, um, uh, let's just say I, I have anxiety. And so somatically in my body, where do I feel anxiety? And that would be in my chest. So through breathing exercises and the mindfulness of, of just being aware, um, we can relax that point in our body and how it's used successfully used with in our um, sex and marriage coaching practice is to relax into, um, you know, preparing for sex. Sex, of course, is a bodily thing, right? You're in your head, but you need to be in your body as well. And so often, especially women, we have we have hard a hard time, you know, getting out of our head and getting into our body. So it's through re relaxation and touching that we get into our body and to be mindful so that the sen there's a greater um, capacity for sensation and for pleasure because of it. And as a, as a physician, you know, the, um, the concept makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I wasn't trained that way. I, I was trained more to talk and, um, which is, you know, um, I, I did, uh, when I was in practice, did a, an awful lot of, um, therapy in the practice. I had, a, had some good training when I was in residency. So I was, I was very comfortable with it. Um, but Vanessa got trained in doing this and it, and it just has added a whole new dimension, um, to it, what we do. Exactly. And, and like, for me, it was life changing for me because I am post menopausal. And because of that reason, um, I, I don't have a whole lot of hormones running through my body anymore. <laughs> so therefore, um, you know, I just don't get the, 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 feeling of desire, right? I, I have to think about it and re, you know, for example, rekindle it. And so what are the ways that somatically we can focus on desire so that desire builds as we go through the aging process? It, it you just can't, to kind of, of um, dovetail on what Dorothy said and what Vanessa said, especially when you're doing, um, intimate therapy, sex, you can tell somebody something, but until they actually feel it, it yes. for themselves, they're really not going to understand right. what you're talking about. And so that's what makes a difference. You know, our, our program is in three phases and the first phase is about clarity um, in, in your relationship. And the second has to do with challenges and the, the third has to do with uh, connection. And so there's uh, there's somatic um, sessions that are done in each phase and- um, Teaching them how to connect with their body. Exactly. Because it, it, it just, like I said, they, they understand what you're saying a lot more forcefully and they feel it rather than just hearing it. Does that make uh, sense? I think so. Uh, uh, what uh, when Vanessa was talking, she, what she said uh, made me think of uh, good old uh, Dr. Ruth Westheimer, um, and uh, saying that uh, that the mind is the body's biggest sex organ. 
and yeah. uh, so uh, so yeah um yeah that makes uh that makes uh, a lot of sense uh um you know being able to uh to feel and understand in the mind and the mind body connection um seems to me like it would be the solution to a lot of uh, a lot of life's uh, issues um the uh if i remember right the ancient greeks believed that uh that one's mind could not be complete until one's body was uh was fit and vice versa that uh, uh that fitness uh required a a mind body connection and uh um and that was why they both uh promoted uh, exercise and uh and uh knowledge smart people the greeks yeah, for the most part <laughs> good food <laughs> yeah absolutely definitely <laughs> um let's see uh let's get uh oh let's do uh let's do books uh, and get those out of the way real quick uh um have you two written a book yet um yes uh wrote a book um it's called what's forever for a physician's guide to everlasting love and success in marriage it was released last year um and uh, it basically, part of our program is based on the book, okay. uh, as well as be, having lived in a healthcare professional marriage for what will be 30 years in November. Ooh, so, um, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It, it, you know, lots of ups and downs, but in the healthcare profession, like I um, talked about earlier, there there are different types of stressors that are dealt with and certainly not to um, downplay uh, the stressors in any other marriage by any means but because there's there's those uh, certain things that happen on a daily basis um, mm -hmm. we we identify with that and um, and develop a um, a pretty significant connection by understanding um, understanding and um, using ourselves as examples right. in teaching the concepts that we teach sure. and um, and 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 they get that especially when they hear that what they're going through what and we did exactly the same thing and how we weathered those storms right and still do yeah um yeah, I've heard uh, tons of stories of failed uh, physician marriages, and uh, so uh, oh. definitely sounds like uh, like something that's needed in the uh, in the field. Um, well, you know, them nurses, um, uh, PAs, NPs, physical therapy, mm -hmm. there you name it, they're all under that, <laughs> and they all deal with the similar stresses every day from varying hours to varying responsibilities to um uh increased regulation yeah on and yeah. on and on i could go and they, and they all deal with that and unfortunately too often bring oh, it yeah. home and don't, and don't know how to yeah I, I had the physical therapist's wife and uh her long hours and the and the money issues oh, and uh yeah it was it was unbelievable the, the stresses oh, yeah. and uh, um, yeah, and I, I don't want to go into uh, into what broke apart my marriage too deeply, but uh, uh, but suffice it to say that uh, 
there were plenty of issues to go around. <laughs> and uh, and a yeah. lot of it had to do with our profession. But, uh, um, but yeah, uh, where can people find your book? Um, you can go uh, on our website, which is um, www.bestfriendsagain.com. And you can get it from there. It's available on uh, Amazon that I know of in uh, Barnes and Noble and um, uh, definitely on Amazon. Right. Definitely, definitely on Amazon. Yeah, and um, mm -hmm. it's a, we're very proud of the book and it won an award um, this past cool. year and um, which was which was pretty gratifying, you know, considering it was the the first one out um, and. Hopefully, uh, more to come as well. You well. had 30 years to write it, so. Uh... Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about you, Dorothy? Yeah. You said there were two books. Well, one that oh, I okay. published, um, the first one um, called Breaking the Chains of Transgenerational Trauma. And uh, it's on Amazon and or Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. And it's in... Um, audio as well and um the book i'm writing now is called reparenting yourself so the first book is my story okay. it's kind of like a memoir and um the the book that i'm writing now is my um technique you know that i um created to help people heal from childhood trauma so and um, that one I'm wor I'm wor working on right now. Fascinating. Awesome. Absolutely. I can't wait to go on Amazon and get it. Yeah, absolutely. Breaking the chains <laughs> of transgender, wait a minute, transgenerational trauma. Trauma. Okay. You wanted to say pain for some reason. I can't get that, I can't get over that word trauma. <laughs> but, uh, um, Okay. Um, what uh, what inspired you to uh, to write your book, Dorothy? I mean, to finally get um, your story out. Yeah, I was um, in a program to a coaching program to um, learn how to market my business because I I could I tried working with insurance and I couldn't uh it just wasn't for me to work with um the insurance model so um I was in this coaching program and working with um you know different professionals and learning how to how to um speak how to tell my message and and um market myself basically and um one of the ladies that I became friends with, she was a um, book coach. I mean, a um, ghostwriter oh, okay. at the time. And she's now since become a book coach. But um, I told her my story. And um, I'd also, I also joined um, Toastmasters mm. because I had a really difficult time speaking. I still do. I, I stutter mm -hmm. a little bit and I'm a little slow at speaking, but um, that's all from my trauma from mm -hmm. childhood. But um, so I took, I joined Toastmasters and I was practicing how to speak, you know, how to do speeches. 
and I created this one speech about um, what had happened to me. And um, from and I it was I named it from surviving to thriving, and um, I practiced it with her, with my friend, and um, she was like, "You have to write a book, and I'll help you." <laughs> and so, um, I figured if she was willing to help me, and she was a ghostwriter, she knew what she was talking about. So, um, yeah, it took us um, about three years, though. To finally get it into the into the form that um, for me it was just therapeutic at first, like the first two years probably it was just blah, you know, just like writing my story, writing my story, writing my story, and then um, towards the end of the, um, the second year, um, my friend she she said, you know, it's good, you can you can publish it if you want, but. Um, do you want people to read it? And um, then I was like, well, yeah, I do. She said, well, then you have to write it for for them. You have to, which for me meant a lot, cutting out most of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, once I understood that, oh, okay, I'm, it's it's not for me you know, all the details of my life would bore everybody to death. So I had to write it for other people. Mm. And so um, that's when, when I got really um, at it, focused, I guess, and organized into, into how to, how to write it. And, and then it, it turned out to be um, only like 150 pages and what people tell me is it's a it's a good it's a page turner you know so it's not boring <laughs> that's always a good thing to hear it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound boring at all and you know it, it took you three years but as you said i'm sure it was healing to you and you got it done and that's a major achievement Thank you. Mm -hmm. Sorry, fiddling around with technical uh, stuff. The uh, the signals are are different strengths, and so I'm trying to uh, trying to adjust the adjust the the screen size so people can see everybody. But uh, I don't think I'm going to uh, do to make that. I, I think uh, Dorothy is going to have to have a tiny picture, like me. I have a tiny picture. <laughs> so, uh, Dorothy, did you go uh, traditional route or did you self-publish? I self-published, and um, I I published through a company called um, Authority Publishing, which they do hybrid hybrid okay. publishing. So, mm -hmm. so they they published it but um i paid them right. they didn't pay me <laughs> hey nothing uh, nothing wrong with that i've had a ton of successful self-published authors on the uh on the show and uh it's really become uh become a, a great way of doing it of uh of getting published because uh um it gives you control over the product more control over the product and uh um 
you know, which uh, which is very important to a lot of people, especially when it comes to uh, to publishing your own story. I mean, that's uh, that's got to be about as uh, as personal uh, a project as you can get. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, I was very very pleased with the process. It's it's a uh, you know we did the same thing as Vanessa was saying, and we used a. Uh, a publisher out of uh, Baltimore and they were hybrid and like you said we paid them they didn't pay us and you know it, we were quoted a price and it ended up being when the when the everything was said and done for it was a lot more than what was initially quoted and um, we ended up having to do a lot of the marketing for the book and I mean there was some help but not a lot and so is very much a learning process not uh we don't regret it haven't having done it um because we learned a lot about it but right. it's it's not for the faint of heart sometimes <laughs> no no that's for sure that's for sure and uh thankfully anymore there are a lot of uh great tools out there that uh um, that authors can use to uh to get their product uh finished and out there um yeah, editors and uh, and publishers and marketers and all uh, all of the same all of the in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, wow. Uh, so uh, so how about you two, uh, Dr. Jeep and Vanessa? Uh, what uh, what inspired you to finally write the book after uh, after so much time? Um. Well, it, it it's kind of a kind of a won't go uh, into a long story, but um, for me, it was there was just a couple of things that I knew when I was younger that I wanted to do, and one was to be a physician, uh, but the other one was that you know I, I certainly envisioned myself getting married. I was actually born into uh, uh, a healthcare professional marriage. My dad was a physician. Excellent doctor, um, good father, but not a really good husband uh, in, in a lot of ways. And so I saw that, um, you know, I saw the dysfunction there and um, it, uh, it was something that I came to understand the older that I got was dysfunction that didn't need to happen. And so I was um, a pretty um, set. When I got old enough and I got through training that, um, that I, I was going to do something about it. And fast forward, um, Vanessa and I got together and uh, she was of a similar mind and we got married. And uh, within a couple of years after we got married, we got trained to do marriage coaching um, and we started into that. Uh, and then I was in practice for a number of years and really writing a book was, I really never thought, you know, I'd never had a problem writing, but putting it in a book, I, I we had a similar experience with a coach and um, uh, we were doing different things. We'd been coaching on retreats for a number of years, um, but really didn't think about doing this full time. And um, we enjoyed working together when I was in practice and that kind of um, 
stopped uh, halfway through because of our kids and Vanessa wanting to be home with our kids, which was totally understandable. And um, so um, I stopped, got out of practice, and we, we wanted to still work together. And my coach said, uh, well, uh, why don't you guys just do the, you know, your marriage coaching, you know, uh, scale it, do it in a different way. And I said, well, I, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'd like to do that. And he said, oh, by the way, uh, why don't you write a book? I'm like, oh, okay, just like that, write a book. And he said, yeah, just do that. So, I, I mean, initially, I thought he was crazy. Um, and so, I, but sat down and, um, uh, you know, got some thoughts together. And I don't know if it was kind of like that with you, Dorothy, but we we put, put down a table of contents of subjects and just started writing from there. Um, and it was a just a, a process, you know, when you write, you think you can just turn it on and turn it off. Like, oh, well, no, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You find a time usually during the day that are your most creative. And you just, you know, I, I can remember one time uh, getting my car fixed. And I thought, oh, I got some time here. I'm just going to sit down here and write. <laughs> well, no, it didn't happen that way. And so we figured out what the what the best time was, and for me it was in the middle of the day, and I could sit down for two or three hours and and write. Problem was, I can't type. I'm pretty bad at it, as a matter of fact. And and so what I would do is I would write it. You know, I'm from old school. I would write it on paper, and then I'd say, "Honey," I said, "Can you type this up for me?" She's better at me at it, a lot better, as a matter of fact. But she got tired of that, and so I ended up dictating it into my phone, and then I would read it to her. And she, so it was a painstaking process, but it was a good collaboration. A little frustrating to her sometimes, but um, it, you know, it, it worked out. And um, it took. It was a uh, writing the book took about three months, but with everything, with. Editing, editing, editing back and forth, and copies back and forth, and the um, publishers trying to understand what you're trying to say, and sending you questions, and in all of that, it was about um, a year. Yeah, I'd say it was about a year altogether mm-hmm. uh, before it finally got launched in February of last year. But yeah, we we both have ex- had you know different uh, experiences and growing up in dysfunctional um, um, marriages. And so we wanted to make that a part of, you know, uh, part of the book. Okay. Now, here's, uh, here's a question that's, uh, that's popped into my head. What would you all, and, and this is for anybody, say are the differences between therapy and coaching? So that people can understand what they're getting into. So that's a really, really good question. And how I explain the difference and how I explain what we do is think of us as educators predominantly. 
And we're going to work with you from now moving forward instead of going back in past history and trying to fix anything in the past that um, it's it is for you a feel, therapist to you, work and, with. And essentially. certainly, Dorothy, you can tell us whether you agree. Mm -hmm. But it's we you deal with the past to an extent, but right? Mostly, we deal with the future goal 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 orientation mm -hmm. and facilitation. Um, yeah, and plus um, there are in therapy, um, at least the way I understand it, there's there's different barriers, especially personally, that can't be crossed. And with coaching, um, you know, we we could use ourselves as as examples and. Um, it's difficult, I think, for uh, in the profession of um, licensed therapists uh, to be able to do that. Am I, am I right or not? Yeah, there's um, boundaries that I have right. to keep as a licensed therapist. And um, yeah, I do work on the past. We go back yeah. to the past to heal the past at the at the root. Um, in my therapy, we go back and and try and reparent the attachment that the relationship between a child and mom, usually it's mom, but any caregiver, the primary caregiver. So where that attachment first started, where that relationship first started and go back and um, uh, create a more secure, um, relationship attachment. And, um, so it's, it is all, all, all about the past. And so, um, because that, that's the foundational relationship that affects you the rest of your life in all your intimate relationships and adult relationships, the blueprint was created in your brain the first three years of your life with, your parent, your mom, usually. And when there's issues like what Dorothy is talking about, you know, we will work in conjunction with therapists like Dorothy. Yes. When there's that kind of healing that needs to be done in the past, mm -hmm. we either work in conjunction or she would work with uh, a client that we have. And then when that is, when that's been helped, then we, we kind of move it forward and facilitate the goal for the future in like that. So that's not dealing with trauma or abuse or addiction or uh, mental health disease. That's, that's her purview and, and it's not ours. You, you kind of understand the, the dichotomy yeah. there. Oh yeah, I, I do as a, as a uh, leadership development coach, I, I, and uh, and one who has been to plenty of therapy, uh, <laughs> I definitely uh, definitely get the difference. Um, but uh, wanted to hear uh, hear what you all had to say about it and, and uh, get the conversation sure. going. Absolutely, I mean it, it's it's a common question, and mm -hmm. people really have a have a difficult time sometimes understanding the difference yeah. between the two and it's really not a choice between the two either um right you know you uh you need a, a you know kind of a almost a blank slate to uh 
to, to start working on your future plans and uh, some of those things, uh, psychological issues that are holding you back uh, can, uh, can keep, uh, can keep you from, uh, from moving forward. So, uh, you know, you definitely need both, uh, both therapy and coaching. Um, well said, you know, the, the greats have both. Um, <laughs> um, let's see what else, what else? Um, well, um, what are some tools people can use aside from your book, from your respective books? What are some tools people can use to help themselves? Um, that you would recommend? I in in regards to in, in regards well for you guys, uh, uh, you know, successful marriages uh, for for Dorothy. Uh, um, resolving past trauma, um, your, your respective, uh, specializations. Well, I would say for, for marriage, uh, in the coaching, we, as, as cliche and trite as this may be, um, uh, communication is huge. And, um, do you know how to communicate? Um, uh, communication is the, is a word, but do you really know what it means? Um, and usually folks are, um, their form of communication is basically what they learned while they were growing up. So that's kind of on default, so to speak. And, um, when they, you know, marry a partner, they have their communication based on their origins in the past and and sometimes those aren't good so we teach what's healthy um what's not healthy and then how to navigate that and, for both and, of them and what's what's big is um you know couples oftentimes um don't understand why they you know why they don't get each other and a big part of that is is understanding each other's personality and you would be um, um, surprised how how many people do not really understand what their personality types are because if they did and understand what um, how communication was modeled um, from past experience or how you know from their ethnic background yeah. when that kind of understanding happens it's like an aha moment oh okay i get why you get really upset by this or why you're overly um emotional about this or that and it's so it's it's pretty eye-opening but I, I mean to lay it all at its foundation um especially in the this fast-paced world and in uh, in multiple uh, partners or spouses um, working in the home, mm -hmm. you have to make time for communication, even if you have to schedule, which sometimes is necessary, especially when you when you both work or if one partner is or spouse is at home um, taking care of the kids. I mean, that's obviously a job, and anybody who doesn't think that it is is. Uh, mistaken uh, with nothing easy about um, raising kids. So 
Um, so you you if you can't make the time, schedule it and stick to the schedule because regular communication as is one of the sayings that we have is regularity um, you know regularity brings um, oh now I can't remember the other part of it but oh, regularity brings prosperity okay so regular communication is going to help you pro- prosper in your relationship and you head off potential problems um, you know by communicating regularly yeah, I know in uh, in my leadership coaching, a lot of times if uh, if I ask what could be improved, it's always it, it's invariably going to be some form, some variation on the theme of communication. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it, it's so difficult to improve because it's such a such a just kind of this amorphous thing. It's not like it's not like I want to improve my uh, my sales numbers where it's like, oh, well, I can measure how many sales you had yesterday and how many sales you had today. And now we can measure it so we can look at how it's to improve it and break it down and find out where the breakdown, you know, where the breakdown's happening, you know, what part of the process isn't working and, and, uh, and all, but, uh, um, and so, uh, so it takes a lot of work to, uh, to, to improve communication because you got to get mm-hmm. it broken down into a point where you can mm-hmm. actually measure it. Yeah, so I want mm-hmm. more more communication. So it's like, well, your communication wasn't good to begin with. Why would you want more of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, um, have you guys seen that video? Um, it's not about the nail. No. No. It's so that. funny. It's on YouTube. But um, it starts out with a, a husband and wife, and um, she's from behind. So she's you see the kind of the back of their heads. And then um, she's saying, you, you don't listen to me, or you don't, you know, you're always trying to, to um, fix me. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I have all this pain, and, and um, my head's, you know, just uh, burdened with this pressure all the time. And, and then she turns to him and she's got this big old nail sticking out of her forehead. <laughs> and, um, and he goes, well, you know, you do have a nail. And she's like, it's not about the nail. It's not about the nail. And he's like, ah, oh, okay. You just don't listen to me. And, and he's like, okay, okay. I'll listen to you. And so she talks, she goes on and on about how her sweaters are all getting snagged and, and, um, you know, she just feels this pressure all the time. And then, and then he says, that sounds really hard. She goes, yes, it is. And then they go to kiss and, um, they, you know, he bumps into her nail and (laughs) her forehead. But it's so cute and it's funny and it, it it that's how hard it is for us as couples. We want to fix, you know, we want to fix the problem. We don't want to listen to the pain of yeah. the emotional pain of what's, you know, mm-hmm. our partner's trying to express. Mm-hmm. We want yeah. to pull the nail out of the forehead. And I tell people it's, it's, you if you pull it out for your partner they'll just put it back in they have to learn 
how to pull it out themselves and they can't really do it or how how your partner can help you is just by listening listening yes. yeah agree and it's even harder when you're married to a physician who especially you know for example <laughs> Uh, I have a chronic illness, so he's always wanting to fix that. And and I would say, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen to me. And it, it's more about offloading it because as we're talking, we're processing. Um, and it, it's more about just having a sounding board to, to like, like you said, Dorothy, yeah, I get that. And, and that's, that's so tough. That's part of the problem because as a, as yeah. a healthcare professional, physician, mm -hmm. um, that's what you're trained to do. Your, 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 your thought process that is instilled yeah. in you through yeah. training yeah. is to be a fixer, you know, okay. and, and being a fixer, as Vanessa is saying, is not all the time what's needed and, and most of the time it's not needed you just right. have to sit and mm -hmm. another term that's used a lot is active listening mm -hmm. and that's what um, that's what needs to happen but in, in too many cases there's just this wall or this inability to understand the necessity of that i had to learn that too because um even as a therapist there are people, a lot of times clients want me to fix them, want me mm -hmm. to tell them what to do and tell them, uh, you know, give them resources and skills. And, um, and what I do with the mind-body therapy is um, I teach them how to go inward and activate their own healing processes within them so they can they can heal themselves and they're not so dependent on me, um, you know, helping them or fixing them. I'm there for them, uh, teaching them how, how to feel their own feelings and how to listen to their own voices. And, um, but I'm, I'm not the fixer for them. Mm -hmm. You teach them how to fix themselves and work yourself right out of a job. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. And, you know, um, my ther therapy doesn't take that long. It's, you know, talk therapy will last for years, which is fine um, as like supportive therapy. But um, yeah, my, my program is only uh, 28 sessions. And so by then I've taught them how to be their own therapist. It's very admirable. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, what, uh, Dorothy, what can, uh, what can people do to kind of get a, a jumpstart on, uh, on mind body therapy? Um, well, I would recommend that they, um, learn how to meditate learn about mindfulness, learn about how to breathe, how using breathing um, techniques and um, what they call breath work. Um, and I would recommend that. And then the other thing I would recommend is um, take a parenting course, okay. learn how to um, parent securely and 
the that's what made a big difference for for me is when I saw videos. I, I took a parenting course called Circle of Security, mm-hmm. and I saw videos of parents and and their children interacting, and what that looks like. So the reflection back and forth, what how uh, the emotional bond forms, and how to attune to your child and attune to yourself and attune to your child's needs. But when I saw it in the videos, everything started to make a lot more sense to me um, in how to reparent, how to heal myself, how to heal my own inner child. In reparenting myself, I'm the parent, I'm the adult self, I'm the parent. And my inner child is my child. So um, taking a, a parenting class is could be, I think, really helpful for people to um, see how that relation, how important that relationship is. And because um, you don't really remember, you know, when you were a kid and I think parenting courses, a lot of times people think they're like um, only for bad parents or something, but you know. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because um, it really helps. I think it really helped me and um, I I make all my clients take a parenting course. Well, it, it occurs to me that uh, that a lot of things aren't about necessarily fixing problems as we see them, but uh, um, but improving on the ways that we do things. I mean, to, to go back to communication, we all communicate. Some of us do it very poorly and some of us do it rather well. Um, but there's nothing that says that you can't do it better. And so, uh, so having a, having a coach or a therapist or taking a class in uh, in that very thing uh, uh, could certainly help uh, people at any level. Definitely. Yeah, and, then, and getting in touch with your feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, as we grow up, you know, for example, you you fall down and you hurt yourself and you start crying. You know what what are we told? All stop crying, right? So we're we're really taught to just push those emotions down and not really identify with the with them. So to do some feeling work and and just um, like Dorothy said, meditate and be mindful of what you really are feeling. Um, is very important and it's important for your your partner right spouse to really understand that and yeah there there's ways you can do that that they can identify with um yes in, in regarding anger regarding disappointment mm-hmm. re- regarding regret all those things you know there's there's ways that whether you use a scale of one to ten or you compare it to something that you both understand like a dark sky right. or um you know a volcano getting ready to explode things like that and people yeah. can kind of get an idea of of um 
the depth and, and the breadth depth. of the feeling. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, let's see. The, the awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, you know, emotions, again, they're in your body. Yeah. You know, they're in your body. So getting connected to your body is really important. It's really key, I think. And um, definitely, and I'll give you, I'll give you another example. And this is, this is a way in how we use ourselves to talk to our clients. Um, going through medical training, um, it, it's, it's really like, you go from being human to being almost trained to be a robot because you have to suppress so much of your feeling to be able to just hang in the job. And so one of Jeep's problems was he never cried. So in 28 years, I could count on one hand how many times he cried. Awful things happening. Right? But no, he had that so blocked. So part of um, us doing this work and teaching is to is for him really to feel those feelings and know that it's okay. And if you're not expressing them, they're felt on the inside. And they're going to tear at your body somehow. So it's better to just get them out, acknowledge them, even though it's hard, get it out and accept the feeling. And that's where the physical aspect, right? You have all this inside. It's going to come out some Some way. way. Right. It's going to be anger or it's going to be, you know, you're going to have an ulcer. You're going to have a migraine. um, You're going to have a heart attack. A stroke, all of these things. Irritable bowel with, syndrome, irritable high bowel, anxiety. Which all could be physical manifestations of yeah. inner things that are going on that you know that you're not dealing with for whatever reason. Or not aware of. Right. That you know, too, you don't too. know why you feel the way you do, but then when you start to uncover it, it it could be uh, the fact that you're really not in touch with your feelings. And once you learn how to do it, like Dorothy said, through breathing and um, exercise is really good. Um, it's a way of getting rid of those feelings, the negative ones, especially. Yeah. yeah. Because you, when you feel it, it moves through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, emotions have a purpose. They're to tell you something. They're to give you information. And so we, when we receive the message, like anger, um, there's an injustice done against me. So you use that information to maybe, you know, speak out and say, don't do that. Or, or um, you receive the information and then uh, feel the feeling and then it does its job and then it moves through you and it doesn't get stuck inside of you. So um, I found that a lot of women have more repressed anger and it seems to that uh, men a lot of times have repressed sadness, um, but that could be just the way, you know, um, our society raises 
yes in girls it is human beings and we all male and female we have we just have emotions we have all the same emotions mm-hmm. so um we all and, need and, to learn to feel them right and from a societal point of view we don't celebrate emotions you know um you're in leadership bill right mm-hmm. how often are you celebrating emotions with the people that you're coaching um actually it's it's been getting more um since uh, since i shifted my model from uh, from more traditional uh, methods to uh, to the ethical uh, leadership model um i found uh, i found emotions coming much more into uh, into play and uh, um and uh, definitely when it comes to uh, things like workplace satisfaction yes. and uh, um and then, yeah and, and then like you get in when people feel safe enough to express their emotions then you get to see their authentic self and when they are allowed to be who they really are you will see the best of them they you will see the best of them we all want to be validated right we all want to be understood and we all want to feel safe being who we are and accepted right absolutely yeah. Mhm. Writing down notes. <laughs> Hope you all don't mind that. But uh um no uh um yeah, it's really great uh really great stuff. Um let's see what else uh where else can we go? Wow, we've uh, oh, I just noticed we've uh, we've been doing this for more than an hour. Yeah, uh-huh. time flies when you're having fun. Time does fly when you're having fun, and uh, um, definitely. Um, let's uh, let's mention the uh, the websites and all that stuff. Let's see uh, for the nouns. It's bestfriendsagain.com. Yes. And uh, can they? Can people? Uh, can people go there to uh, to get uh, um, to get coaching from you all, or do you have a different site for that? Or no, everything is on that site. Um, we're right. also on LinkedIn. We have a pretty heavy LinkedIn presence. Um, so definitely either LinkedIn or best friends again, and um, anything they would need in order to get in touch with us, message us is available there. Okay. And then the book of course is What's Forever For, A Physician's Guide for Everlasting Love and Success in Marriage. Yep. Yep. And yep. then uh and then for Dorothy, Dorothy, did you have a website? Yes, I do. It's my name. So okay. it's Dorothy Houston, www.dorothyhouston.com. And um everything's on my website i get acquainted call if you just want to talk to me um my book if you want to and then i also have a um reparenting yourself course online course um that's available and a bunch of youtube videos i i made a bunch of videos about meditating and different things like that so okay that's awesome and that's uh breaking the chains of transgenerational trauma Yes. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, well, um, considering uh, that some of us are on the East Coast. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's after 11 o'clock uh, for uh, for you all uh, on the live clock. Um, this is first for us putting in, uh, putting in these hours, but so worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, definitely, uh, definitely putting out the promotions for uh, for the show. Hopefully, uh, it will meet someone who uh, who can get a little bit of help from it. Absolutely. And, and, and we uh, do. You know, we do. Um, we're we're primarily focused on healthcare uh, professionals, but um, mm -hmm. we, you know, we we certainly um, welcome anybody that needs um, some marriage coaching help. Okay. Yeah, there are definitely stresses out there, uh, stressful professions out there that have nothing to do with healthcare. Yeah. True. <laughs> yes. True. Well, then, um, let's go ahead and uh, and close this up before uh, before we uh, start to not have any more fun. Uh, <laughs> do you uh, do you find people have anything to say to the nice people out there? Any uh, any closing statements? Uh, uh, I see what you mean. Uh, <laughs> well, so what I always say to to people who who are watching and looking, never never feel like you're alone in in what you're feeling. Um, don't be embarrassed. I know subjects can be embarrassing, but the help is there. Please seek it out, mm -hmm. um, uh, and do not. Please do not. We beg you not to suffer in silence. And yeah, you know that that's um, that's what we try to instill in everybody um, that we coach and everybody that we're able to reach um, by interviews and podcasts. Yeah, that's great. And I would say it's never too late. It's never too late to heal. Your childhood trauma, I didn't get into therapy until I was on uh, my late 40s. And um, I didn't know that something that happened to me as a child could still affect me. And um, so I lived with PTSD for most of my life. So it's never too late. I have clients in uh, 40s, 50s, I mean, teenagers up to 70s in their 70s so um you can always heal we can yes. always heal yes never too late to get started no that's absolutely for sure. now said. go ahead perfectly said <laughs> thank you thank you um now there is one question i end every show with I, I ask all of my guests, consider a hot dog in a bun. Is it a sandwich? Uh, uh, <laughs> that, that's you, it's asking. not square. I mean, is this uh, a trick, what, trick question here? <laughs> well, I would say. I say yes. Well, the the hot dog bun is considered one piece of bread. I'm thinking in a sandwich is like two pieces of bread with something in the middle. This may be flawed logic, but I'm going to say <laughs> I, I'm going to say no. It's not a sandwich. Okay. I, I go with the doctor's uh, analysis there. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I've gotten good, good, solid arguments on both sides of the debate, and uh, um, I've broken bands up over it. So. <laughs> oh. Started fights. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and it seems to be pretty evenly uh, split between the uh, the yes people and the no people. So, uh, um, so the debate shall continue. Yes. <laughs> because it's of, of absolute importance. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the the fate of the world is resting on the answer to this question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you all for uh, for being on the show. It's been informative, and uh, and I'm sure uh, and and I'm sure I've gotten some things to uh, to dwell upon, and uh, and all. Um, and I will definitely be checking out the uh, the websites and. Uh, and your Amazon entries and all of that good stuff. So thank uh, you so much, Bill. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's pleasure pleasure was all you. mine. Pleasure meeting you too, Dorothy. Yes. Yeah. Kudos to what kudos to what yeah. you do and and the help you're bringing to so many people that need it. Definitely. Indeed, to all of you. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, well that's it. I'm gonna go ahead and run the uh, the end credits, so uh, you can all uh, go your merry ways. And uh, I, I've been trying to figure out a better way to close the show than telling everybody to go away now. But, uh... <laughs> okay, we'll go. <laughs> bye. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spot Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host, Bill Hatch III. I'd like to thank my special guests, Dorothy Hewson and Dr. Jeep and Vanessa Naum. Uh, if you feel so led, support the show. Head over to Patreon. We're Bald Spots Pro over there. And... Uh, well, that goes fast. Uh, don't miss YWL Online on Thursday. New episode uh, um, where you can find us on Facebook and wherever fine podcasts are served. Tune in next time for George Bentley and GS Jerry. Uh, please, uh, on whatever platform you're using, like, comment, share, follow, subscribe to stay informed and kick the algorithm into gear. So uh, thank you all once again, and uh, have yourselves a wonderful whenever. Bye.